have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Tony Walker. And not only is a six-time author and a recognized retirement planning specialist, he runs one of the best financial institutions in Bowling Green, Louisville, and Lexington, Kentucky. And he specializes in helping people become retired. Now, he his journey is really focused on a worry-free retirement. He's a native of, of Kentucky, and he's married to his high school sweetheart. And he has three beautiful children, three wonderful grandchildren, and an 85-pound black Russian terrier called Stella. Welcome, Tony. Welcome. What an introduction. That was very impressive. You you nailed that. Uh, very good, Dr. Lyko. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. So how did you get into becoming a specialist in, in the retirement industry? I always attribute a lot of the changes that took place for me and my focus in the retirement business. Uh, in 2001, 2002, all the aftermath of 9-11, I got in the financial business in 84 and just did about everything. I was just kind of a product peddler, you know, did the best I could. I had a CLU, I've gone through all the CFP, but there just seemed to be something missing. I wasn't very focused, uh, just again, trying to do the best I could and serve up products and help people as best I could with their plans. But I think after 9-11, uh, the money management portion of my practice, I saw how quickly people lost money, how they came to me for help. And I could tell that their plans for retirement were all of a sudden in jeopardy. And that concerned me. And I realized I didn't really know anything about retirement planning. Uh, it was really not even a field back then. Uh, majority of people, really most baby boomers, you think about that's 2001, you know, that's 20 something years ago. A lot of baby boomers weren't quite ready for retirement. Now we fast forward to 2023, and I'm glad I went down the retirement planning road because there's estimated at 10,000 people turning 65 every day. And now we have positioned ourselves as understanding this world called retirement. I guess part of the challenge is, quite frankly, Dr. Leica, there's a lot more competitors out there. And my concern is a lot of people in the financial world see all this money and are kind of going after the retirement planning business too. But a lot of people don't have a process in place to, to, I think, really help people worry less about money. It's still really a lot of products and that type of thing that are leading the fray. And I think you need a process first and a plan before you start buying products. So we've kind of done that. We've developed that process out, and I'm very proud of that. Well, that's huge, uh, Cody. That's really remarkable uh, because, really, I think right now in 2023, we are going through another time of economic instability. Yeah, it, this is kind of reminding me, and I, I promise you, I'm not a gloom and doomer. I just try to be a realist, but 
This really reminds me of the aftermath of 08, you know, the banking crisis, a lot of uncertainty. It even is a little, I don't say scary is not the word, but it's so much more unpredictable with what happened with the pandemic, everybody off work. I'm seeing a lot of people's work ethics kind of change, uncertainty. We got more and more debt, all this free money that got infused into the economy. Not only we got to figure out how to pay it back, but I think it's really wreaked havoc now that we're seeing what's happening there. So even in some ways, I think this is a little scarier than 08 and 09, quite frankly. We we could pinpoint what happened in 08, 09. Everybody got too leveraged. Banks kind of got bailed out and we moved on. This seems different and I can't put a finger on it, but it's definitely a little more scary to me than 08, 09, quite frankly. To me, it is too, because unfortunately, This situation is something we have not experienced before either. You know, officially, there's more employment than ever. But unofficially, the unemployment rate is really, really great. But you're right, though. But if you talk to business owners or those in manufacturing, uh, I mean, I talked to a gentleman the other day, I'll use an example. This is the typical, you know, there's a lot of different types of employers in Kentucky, but let's take this particular gentleman's been with this large company. Uh, he's in his late sixties, been at the same company for 40 years and he manages a large warehouse. So they have a lot of employees at this warehouse with this huge company. He said, Tony, since the pandemic, I got to have 70 to 80 people here. He said, number one, they don't end up staying. He said, I don't know what's going on. We're paying them $23 an hour entry. Think about this to work in a warehouse. They'll show up. They work for a while. They leave. He said, and it's just like herding cats. So you're right. You hear all these statistics and unemployment's low and everything's rocking along. Uh, The people I'm talking to, also a lot of people deciding to retire, Dr. Laika, I think that's their problem. They're savers. Their work ethic is very high. They're getting put, there's more and more put on them now. They seem to be taking on more and more load and they're just burned out. So I'm not, the people I'm running into, Joe Lunchbox is out there in the world. I'm not seeing they're real happy campers right now. I'm seeing it's a very rough time for them. And the workforce is not as stable and not as fluid and full of all these people that are working as it once was. That's what I see. Well, and I also see people are very afraid about their earnings being, their savings being eroded. Because what's happening every day is this inflation is literally eating at it. Yeah, I studied under a gentleman years ago named Bob Castellone, and he always referred to that as the stealth tax inflation. It's still a tax. It's created by government reserves and pouring money out. So you can call it anything you want, but it's still a confiscation of money indirectly in the form of higher prices because of uh, federal monetary policy. So I like that term. It's a stealth tax. Nobody saw it coming, but this is the result of basic economics 101 of infusing this much free money in the country. It's going to create higher prices. And like you said, for the average American, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm fortunate. I've got a decent amount of money, Dr. Lyka, but for the average person, I can't imagine them uh, kind of bearing the weight of these increased prices. I feel for them. Exactly. And, you know, eventually this is going to settle around. And these stocks that are really, really good stocks that are being beaten down, it's an excellent buying opportunity for them right now. Uh, But I suspect that many of the bright people in this world, like the Warren Buffetts in this world, 
are still a little hesitant about this because Warren Buffett and his party, uh, partner, Charlie Munger, the other day said, we're not buying because it's too, there's nothing to buy. Yeah, you're right. I think the wise sage folks out there like the Buffetts and the Mungers, uh, they're still using basic economic principles and that they're, they know that these, most of this stuff is overpriced. And yeah, cash is king right now. I know they probably don't deep down like it sitting on the sidelines, but it's better than speculating and they're not speculators. So I agree with you. I think probably not a good time to, uh, and we run into this a lot, people getting ready to retire and you're talking about a nervous Nelly, somebody that's 64, 65, and their 401k was a million, you know, now it's at 750 and they got to figure out income. We do all that planning for them. But can you imagine if you're already retired and it's dropped to 750 and you're counting on that money? That's a scary time. So I would caution people, uh, especially if they kind of, I call it the saver mentality. They don't like a lot of risk. Uh, be very careful uh, pulling the ripcord and retiring and leaving that money in the market right now because it still has some room to go down. That's that's my well, concern. It does. The question is how long you can wait, I think, before you need that money. And I think that's important because I, I think a share of Berkshire Hathaway right now valued at a, a B share is around $300. If you invested in it, I suspect in 10 years from now, it'll probably be double, maybe triple in price. Yeah, I think I'm like you. I think a value, you know, Mr. Buffett's a value investor. And that's why that's why they call them value investors. They're looking for a good value, low priced earnings, all that stuff that they look at. And yeah, I can't imagine if you had a good 10 year window on your side, that's a safe bet to me. But again, the person that we work with a lot of our clients, I'd say 80 percent of our clients who contact us, they are just retired or they know in the next couple of years they've got to retire and they've got to batten down the hatches. That's we might have, and we use Berkshire, quite frankly, in some of our portfolios, but it's still a minuscule amount because we can't afford to take that risk with one stock, let's say, with a large portion of the portfolios. We have to keep them very, very diversified because when you're pulling out money out of portfolios, large amounts in retirement planning, you do have to be very careful. I hear you, my friend. I hear you. And I think diversification is very good. I think it's very wise to keep your your thing in in a lot of pots. The good news about Berkshire Hathaway is it's diversified itself. I don't know how many companies he's in now. It's either 40 or 50, but he's very diversified. And the other thing he has is $150 billion in cash that's ready to invest. So I would sooner have Mr. Buffett investing for me than than I myself in times of uncertainty, because he's always looking for the fat bitch. And, and when he finds the fat bitch, he's going to put all his weight into it and hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> That's right. No, I have a lot of admiration for them. A lot of our clients, uh, again, quite frankly, though, if you get, uh, we, again, we have the three personalities of money I created, if anybody wants to take that little exam, I used uh, some of my fellow professors from in psychology when I took psychology courses at Western Kentucky University. It's called threepersonalities.com, number threepersonalities.com. And we created a little five-minute quiz. And the purpose of that quiz was to help somebody understand their unique personality over money. And what we tell people is we're trying to look for savers. And those were people like my granddad, 
or as Will Rogers once said, more concerned about the return of their money than on it. So a lot of our clients don't really have an acumen for investing, investing or speculating. They don't like a lot of risk. And, you know, you and I could talk to her blue in the face about putting money with Berkshire Hathaway. They wouldn't put a lot of it there because they know it still fluctuates in value. So we diversify, but we also use products sometimes that are much more even safe and secure. Not going to make a lot of money on it, but we're trying to return that money back to them. Uh, you know, the late, great John Bogle said that, and he predicted correctly about 10 years ago. He said, I fear that coming up soon, this will be the first time in history that Americans have had to use much of their principal to survive in retirement. You know, the old adage was you lived off dividends, interest, et cetera, and you're fine. And, and I think he's right. Now you're going to have to pull some of that principal out unless you're very, very wealthy to have a comfortable retirement. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think right now it's it's a difficult time. It's a dark time. Being cautious is what you must do. If you're not cautious, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. And I think Caution is the word. Caution is very much the word, and and cash is king. Uh, you I know, agree. so it, it's very important not to panic, because I think that's where you start losing things and get crazy during this. It's very easy to take out all your money at the downturn, and then really, uh, then when it goes up again you start having problems. Very, yeah, that's been proven time and time again. Uh, back to John Bogle, that's what he always said about people trying to time the market and figure out which stocks to buy. You know, he was a big just S&P 500 guy and his one liner, and it's a good one. He said, you know, why try to find the needle when you can just buy the whole haystack? So I think that's what you're saying. Sometimes you have to be patient, diversify, let the market take care of itself, but don't try to time and jump in and out and figure that out. I know I've been in this business almost 40 years. Anytime I've truly thought I could time the market, majority of cases I've been incorrect. I think timing is a fool's game. And Warren Buffett really believes that as well. What he looks for is value in companies and then buys at a time when he thinks the value is at its low point. And he looks at thousands of companies all at once and then when the value is there, he starts buying. And if he can't buy anything, he buys his own stock. And, and if he still can't buy anything, he keeps it all in cash. <laughs> Don't see anything wrong with that philosophy at all. In fact, I tell a lot of people right now, you know, a lot of our clients are very nervous. You know, they, they come into me sometimes, they go, well, I've got 80000 in the bank. It's not earning much. And of course, fortunately, interest rates are a little higher. That helps them. But I said, don't worry about that. Even if you're only earning a pittance of interest right now, you're retired. If you need thirty dollars or $40,000, you know, I've got people with kids' weddings coming up or, you know, something in their house. There's lots of things that can happen in retirement we haven't planned for. That cash could come in real handy. So be careful just to launch it and put it in risk. And that's one of my concerns too, Dr. Lyka. People know that. Uh, right now, as you said about being cautious, you have to be careful. As the old saying goes, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. There's a lot of people feeding on those fears and promising things that my concern is a lot of these products or ideas are taking advantage of the fact that people are nervous and they're kind of open to suggestions. And so I'd be, be careful now, too, because there's a lot of shrewd people out there that have some pretty um, what, what appears to be good ideas, but uh, are pretty slick salesmen, too. So be careful. Yeah, and it's often hard to cut the the salesman from the reality. 
Tony, you told me in our pre-call that you have developed a unique culture at your organization. Could you please tell me about that? Yeah, um, you know, years ago, I think we mentioned the last time we talked, I was privileged to study for about three years in a program called Strategic Coach, which was started by Dan Sullivan out of Canada, really helped change my thinking about the understanding of having to have a process in your practice. As I said, up until 2001 or so, when I started Strategic Coach, I was just like every other advisor. I did the best I could, got some good schooling, went out and tried to sell stuff as everybody's taught. Don't leave any money on the table. You know, then you're you know, it was just kind of a, it was kind of a foolish way to approach it, but that's just how everybody's trained. And then I thought, well, I don't really have a process I can take people through. I'm not sure if I understand what they're really looking for. I'm going to really start making, may sound corny, I'm going to make it about the client. And more specifically, I started focusing on what I call these savers, people like my granddad who had, you know, worked all his life for Bell South and retired on a pension, which is just an annuity. And he was worry-free. I spent a lot of time with my granddad. And I thought, why was he so worry-free? Now, in his case, Dr. Leica, he didn't know anything about investments, didn't care anything about investments. He had his pension, Social Security, and his low-key lifestyle, and he was good to go. So we do look for people that kind of have that mentality. They're just looking for a comfortable retirement. They don't want tons of money. So I said, I'm going to find those people first. Then I'm going to develop a process. And what's followed ironically, similar to what Mr. Sullivan talks about, something called strategic byproducts is we've created, I think, a strategic culture here in how we service those clients. So what I was going to share with some of your listeners out there and viewers is if you're running a business or even if you work in a business, maybe, and you know, hopefully you're there for the clients and the customers, but create a culture that provides really focused service on those clients. And that's what we've been able to do and what's amazing is, Dr. Leica, our business is better than it's ever been before. And the things we're doing, if I told you how we're servicing our clients, you'd say, well, that just seems like common sense, Tony. But I'm telling you, Dr. Leica, most people don't do it. Well, you know, so common sense is not that common. <laughs> and so I called this, Mr. Sullivan called this the unique ability Uh the unique ability he defined it as what do you love doing, do that thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're very familiar with the unique ability, I know, but this is called the unique experience. So what I've had fun is teaching our our uh, staff, how do we create a unique experience of service that nobody else is doing? And I think it bodes well for us because it gets them so focused off products and who has the best rates here or who's going to make the best sales pitch over here. What they've got now is a staff and myself and other fiduciaries that they know they can meet with in person, we'll take time with them, we explain things to them. And that's rare in today's business world, especially in the financial world. That's huge. You know, one of my friends that used to run an insurance business used to have what he'd call Pizza Tuesdays. So what he used to do is he met with, he had a friend that ran a pizza parlor and so he would buy coupons for pizza for $3. And then he'd give them to everybody that he met for a week. <laughs> and of course, that is probably break-even point for a pizza. But he'd give them free as a thing. And what he'd get as a return is people would send him business, send him their friends, their family, etc., because 
they recognized he was giving some value to them, something he appreciated them. Now, the pizza parlor got benefit because what they did was they'd upsell people. And, you know, on your first your first deal in a restaurant, you usually make no business. But what they were able to do was to recruit thousands of great customers. We have, and I think that's what's happened to us. I've noticed we're, and especially since the pandemic, because the service has gone out the door, unfortunately, with most companies, big companies that people are used to dealing with. I mean, you can't even hardly get, reach anybody on a 1-800 number anymore. We're getting more referrals. And so that's what I started over the last couple of years. I said, why are we getting all these referrals? We always got a few referrals, but it's, it's almost crazy now. And I think what's happening is, Clients recognize we care about them. We're taking care of them. I guess maybe it's people at work or their buddies, or their friends start complaining. They're not getting service. And it's like our clients are basically just telling them, well, why don't you talk to Tony Walker? We don't have any of those problems, you know, getting questions answered or filling out forms or whatever. So I think it's a testament to our staff that we've created this culture of this unique experience. And the evidence is not just the marketing. We have good marketing. We get a lot of new folks off our TV and radio show, but it's the number of referrals that have increased over the last couple of years that I've really noticed. Exactly. And it's word of mouth referrals that are the best because the best customer to have is the one you already have. The second best customer is the customer referred from somebody you have. And again, unfortunately, we're taught so much in the financial world, most businesses, I guess, you know, just it's all about the money, get out there and meet people and sell stuff. And and then what happens, you get so busy doing that, you forget about the current clients. And like you said, you forget that they're also not only should you be serving them, but they're going to be a source of referrals. And there you go. You go 20 years down the road and you've actually lost more business by chasing after business, if that makes sense. Exactly. Tony. This show is called Driving Biz. How can people have a great business in this day and age? Well, I think, um, I know with our staff, we had a retreat uh, recently. What I told them is, I said, I think, first of all, we do have a mission here. Our mission statement is literally helping savers worry less about money. And if most people, I don't think, really have a mission in life. They don't have a mission statement. And I'm not talking about something you cook up on riding down the road, but really, why are you in business? If you're in business just to make money, I'll tell you a quick story. This is a funny story, and it always stuck with me. My brother and I at the University of Kentucky years ago, I'm going to really date myself, and the University of Kentucky probably doesn't want to hear this, but we had, at the time, we had to take a Spanish class together. And the doctor, uh, the person's name was Dr. McCrary. Uh, this was back in a day where he sat and smoked in class. Can you imagine a professor sitting there smoking? There was about 15 of us. But he had a comment once, and he went around, and he took such an interest in the students, and he asked what they wanted to do for a living. And one of them said, well, I want to be a doctor. And he said, well, why do you want to be a doctor? And the young man blurted out, well, I want to help people. And Dr. McCrary took a puff on his cigarette and stared at him. He goes, why not become a priest? So his point was, if you're doing it just for the money, if you want to help people, that's what you really mean. You could do all kinds of cool stuff. And that always stuck with me. And I think what he was trying to say is, are you doing it for the money or are you saying you really want to help people? So first of all, I think whatever business you have to do it, you have to figure out how you're going to help serve somebody. Secondly, then you do have to be shrewd. You have to be responsible. You have to figure out how you can make money serving other people. 
And then you have to be educated in business. So starts with serving. How are you going to do that? Create your mission statement. Make sure you can be profitable so you can stay in business to serve them. And then what I've done over the years, I've learned I can only do so much. I have a really, really good team of people that have different unique abilities than I do. So we can work as a team to be very efficient in serving all these clients we have. Exactly. This is remarkable, Tony. Now, Tony, we have millions of listeners to this show. How do you recommend they have a fantastic business? Well, I think for me personally, I've I've been so fortunate. I wouldn't know where to start with that because I've had so many mentors over the years. I think most people are not open to, I'll just say, constructive criticism. I've read so many books over the years. I went through Brian Tracy, uh, Mr. Sullivan's uh, Ed Slot CPA, Leap Systems. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to learn from people that I felt might know more than Tony Walker. I finally realized I don't know as much as I think I do. But you have to just immerse yourself into reading of bright people. And there's so much literature out there you can even read. Now that we got the internet with things like this, just think of all the information out there. You have to immerse yourself into the ideas and minds of other people. Figure out how that fits with what your mission is and what you're trying to do. And then the last thing you got to do is you got to really be committed to that vision and you got to work really hard. I don't, there's still no substitute for hard work. What's scary, Dr. Leica, some people hit it big on the front end. That's fine. That's rare though. I mean, I, it's taken me the first 20 years of my practice. I mean, I had to scrimp and save all the time and borrow against my home, but I was committed to what I did and it's finally worked out. But the first 20 years that I did this, it was a tough go. So you've got to be committed long-term and you've got to work really hard and work really smart. Exactly. Well, Tony, I can't thank you enough for being here. I looked forward to this show since our last show, because I know such an amazing person you are. Can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out more about your financial planning services? Oh, well, thank you so much. Our main website is TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Uh, we've got YouTube channels, Instagram. We've got blog posts on there, all kinds of stuff. You can do our YouTube channel. It's Tony Walker Financial, where you can type into the worry-free uh, retirement. And the next thing we do have, Dr. Like, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when it comes out. It should be in July or August. A well-known author in Kentucky, his name's Gary West, is doing kind of a biography on me, but more about Tony Walker Financial and this culture we're talking about from him as a third person. And we just got the manuscript done. It's off to uh, the publisher. That should be out in mid-July or so. That's going to be a great book. And we'll let you know when that's available so you can find out more about this culture we're talking about. But I would the end, if somebody, to. Yeah, if somebody's out of state or whatever, I'll be happy to talk to them. If I can't help them, I'll do my best to try to send them somewhere where I think they can get some help. So TonyWalkerFinancial.com is probably the best place to start. Cool. And can you also send me a copy of that book when it's available? Oh, absolutely. I can start speaking about it as well. Absolutely. And then the one book that I wrote, besides the children's book, uh, the most recent that's done really well is on Amazon or any of these places is Live Well, Die Broke, which is the concept of remind people you can't take it with you. That's kind of been a game changer for a lot of people. I think it resonates that they've realized the financial world has kind of duped them into not spending this money. And as I've seen all these people age and get too old before they can spend it, it encourages them to enjoy this money 
uh, while they still can. So that's a great book to read. It's a good, easy you know, read. And we might get you back to speak on that book as well, because that philosophy is very important. Yes, be happy to. Okay. Thank you, Tony. It was again, an indeed a pleasure to talk to you. And everybody, could you please, can you go to my website? <laughs> go to my website, com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A dot com. Because there I will give you a golden pearl each and every week. And it will change your life if you let it. Bye for now and have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.